0: Welcome, I'm glad you're worshiping with us today. Uh, So today's message is kind of part B to last week's message. If you missed last week's message, uh, you can find it on our YouTube channel, Welcome to Journey. Go to YouTube, look for Welcome to Journey. It's there. So this is a a bit of a continuation from last week. Uh, We were building on uh, a Psalm, Psalm 127, and uh, this was written by Solomon. Solomon is writing specifically to parents. He's not trying to leave single people out. He's not trying to leave married people without kids out. It's, it's not that. It's just in this moment, he was making a specific comment to parents. And here's the comment. If you were here last week, you'll, you'll recognize it. Psalm 127, uh, verse 3, beginning in verse 3, "...children are a heritage from the Lord." Offspring, a reward from him, like arrows in the hands of a warrior, are children born into one's youth. Blessed is the person whose quiver is full of them. And, and, and we said what Solomon is trying to convey to parents is to view their kids as gifts from him. Uh, and as good gifts from him, not gag gifts from him, not prank gifts, not white elephant gifts, right? View them as good gifts that God has given to you and and because you've received this good gift from God, uh, there's some responsibility that goes along with it. Uh, In in church world, we call it stewardship. You don't own them. They don't really belong to you. They belong to God. They came from God. And we as parents have some responsibility for what what we do with our role as parents. The, the tricky part, and, and this has kind of been throughout the series, is the Bible doesn't offer a ton of very specific parenting advice. Uh, you just don't find that. You find examples of families, usually examples of, of terrible families. Um, you find big picture principles like, Love one another, honor one another in your in your family, respect one another in your family. Um, appropriate ob- obedience that can be taken too far, but appropriate obedience uh, within your family. Parents teaching spiritual truths to their children. Don't discourage. Don't don't, don't frustrate. Like those sort of general principles we find throughout the Bible. But the application of those principles, we're kind of left to figure out in some ways on our own. And that's true with a lot of things in the Bible. It's a timeless book. And so it doesn't always speak to the specific details of our lives. God trusts the Holy Spirit to help us take general principles from the Bible and make some specific applications to Our lives, because there aren't these specific instructions, and we're all trying to make application to our lives. I wanted to spend a little bit of time today, really offering a warning, Uh, just just a a caution when it comes to parenting advice. And and it, it we'll start with this idea: family solutions aren't plug and play. They aren't a family. They aren't a formula. Family solutions aren't plug and play. They aren't a formula. Your family is unique. Right? In, in all its facets, you have some similarities to other families, but there are just certain aspects about your family just not exactly like anybody else's family that you know. You're going to encounter some things with your kids, they're very specific to your family and, and, and in church and in parenting world we have to account for the fact that I can't just lift what worked for one family and drop it into my family. I can't just take three principles that I heard over here and apply that without any consideration of the uniqueness of our family dynamics and our family relationships. I I offer this warning uh, specifically to us in Christian subculture community, Uh, because we're some of the worst ones about this. If you've been in church, you've been in Christian community subculture kind of for 20 or 30 years or more as I have, you have seen certain programs, certain formulas a new book by a new Christian author, a new 12-week video series, a new parenting conference that gets rolled out fairly consistency in Christian community subculture world. And there can be a tendency in Christian community world to rush toward this new shiny thing that's finally figured out how to parent. After thousands of years, this person finally figured it out and we adopt it. And we implement it, and we, we don't account for any nuances in our family. And not only do we adopt it, we tell everybody in our church, all of our friends, you've got to do what this book says. This, is, this will solve all of your family problems. This is the only way to parent. But, but what we often get in those, and, and I'm, gonna, I'm not going to be critical of those this whole time, just a little bit more. Um, What what we often get in those is a nod toward the Bible and then 200 pages of somebody's opinion. Now, it may be a good opinion. It it may be a valid opinion. It may be something that actually worked for them. But at the end of the day, it's a really good opinion by somebody like me who's trying to figure everything out, just like you. And and, uh, sometimes we get... Uh, a, a formula from somebody who totally wrecked their family. Like they made a huge mess. And on the back end of their huge mess, they go, Now I know what I should have done. Take parenting advice from me. Don't take a parenting advice from that person. All right? don't, just don't do it. Uh, we, we get these packaged formulas. And, and we're constantly told, and I'm talking about us. I'm talking about Christian world. And we're constantly told, you got to be doing this. This is the only way. This is God's way to do it. you got to implement that. And, and listen, those can be helpful, but very often we get on the backside of that. We get 10 years down the road, and suddenly we go, oh, you know, not everything about that was great. Like there was a shadow side to that idea that nobody noticed. If you have spent any time watching the documentary, Shiny Happy People, you know what I'm talking about. The Duggars were fascinating. The Bill Gothard seminars were interesting. Thousands of Christians flocked to this form of parenting, and now we look back on it and we go, "Boy, there was a, there was a dark side to some of that. Like some of that wasn't healthy at all." I mean, who who knew that we probably shouldn't take parenting? And marriage advice from a man who had never been married and never had kids. Like, who saw that coming? Like, No, apparently thousands of Christians never saw it coming. A man who'd never been married and never had kids giving out Christian advice. And churches taking busloads of their people to hear from this person. This is just one example. Just one example That we have to be careful. Now, I'm not saying there isn't benefit from these things. There are benefits. You can learn things. You can pick up practices. You can question things about yourself that might help you and might improve you. I'm, I'm saying as your friend, I'm warning you, especially if you're a new parent, just be objective. Like nobody's written the whole book on parenting. For Julie and I, uh, the, one, the, the one for us early in our parenting was a study that had the incredibly pretentious name Growing Kids God's Way. Anybody heard of this? Growing Kids God's Way. God Implication. If you don't do what this video series says, you're not doing it God's way. Now, that's pretty pretentious, isn't it? Now, we learned a lot from this video series. We implemented a lot of what we learned. There was a lot of really valid, good, even biblical ideas in this particular study. We led a group of couples through several of these, friends of ours. We kind of grew up with this. But there were, there were parts of the series that we were able to go, hmm, yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah, that seems odd. Well, I don't agree with that. Like there were whole sections of this study that we would never recommend to another parent. We would never recommend to anybody else. This is all I'm saying to you, especially the newer parents. Learn from, grow from, pick up pieces from, but be objective in what you allow to shape your parent because your family is unique. Now other extreme I'm not giving you permission just to do whatever you want okay I'm not giving you permission to say well I'm the only one who knows what's right for my kids I'm not going to listen to anybody else I'm not going to read anybody's book I'm not I don't need anybody's input I'm just going to do it my my way well that's the other extreme and and you're going to make a bunch of mistakes on that extreme as well don't 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 be resistant to information that could help you grow as a parent. Just be objective about what is God's word and what is a person's word. Just because something worked in my parenting doesn't mean it's a command for you and your parenting. Just because something worked in a friend's parenting, it doesn't mean the Bible commands you to do the exact same thing Be open to learning. Be be open to growing. Be careful absorbing formulas. Okay, why why do we do that? Why why do we gravitate toward formulas? I I think there's a lot of different reasons, and and I'm not going to cover all of those. In Christian subculture, some of it is we just don't want to be left out. That happens sometimes. Everybody's reading this book. I need to read this book. Everybody's talking about this speaker. I need to find out about that speaker. Everybody's going to that conference. I need to go to that conference. There can be, and we have to be careful, because there's wonderful information that comes out of Christian community. There are wonderful Christian authors. There's great conferences, but... But sometimes our little world of the Christian subculture can put pressure on people that, hey, you should read this. You should be a part of it. There there is that feeling of being left out that that causes some of this. Some of it, I'm convinced, is just the pressure of parenting. Just the pressure. Um, 99% 99% of parents everywhere want their kids to be happy and healthy and in a good place. Like, that's what we're all striving for. We want our kids to be healthy and whole and secure. Okay, Christian parents, the parents, who, all of you who are here, you have a desire that your kid is going to follow the Lord one day. They're they're going to pursue Jesus. Maybe they won't be a missionary. Maybe they won't be a path. Not that, but whatever, wherever they go in the world, that they are committed to Jesus, that they raise a family that's committed to Jesus. Like, you want good things for your family. At the same time, you don't want to be the reason your kid goes to therapy later on, right? Just side note, you are going to be one of the reasons your kid goes to therapy later on. Let me just just solve that for you. One day your kid will sit and talk about you with a counselor. It's just going to happen. It's just going to happen. It needs to happen, right? All of us kind of need to work through some things. That's that's okay. But none of us, we have this fear of failure. Totally understandable. Totally natural. Because we love our kid and we don't want to mess our kid up. That pressure that we feel causes us to look around for anybody who have an, has an answer. Especially when we're walking through difficult times with our kids. Right? If you found a formula, I want it. If I can take three steps and get a perfect kid, I'm taking those three steps. There is that pressure. and It's, it's out of a good place. We love our kids. We want our kids to be healthy. We want the best for our kids but that makes us susceptible to anyone who steps in and says I have solved the kid problem just do it this way it makes us very susceptible to that now again I'm not saying reject all advice I'm not saying reject all books and all conferences right so some some people's kids, like you, need to go to a conference. Uh, you need some system. Uh, your kid's out of control. Like you need a system. You need to do something. That's the other extreme. The parent who says, "Well, I'm never going to correct my kid. I'm not going to discipline my kid." I'm like, "No, please, please, have some sort of system for your kid." All I'm saying is, is be objective about where your information. Come from. Now, here's the bigger problem, speaking spiritually. To me, when it comes to formulas and books and conferences and us grabbing on so easily to the latest thing, here's, here's the bigger problem. We look for formulas because we don't want to live by faith and do the work of faith. We look for formulas because in the hard steps with your kid, and all of us have them as parents all of us have those tricky decisions those those tough choices those what are they thinking moments right we all have the hormonal phase we have the bad attitude phase we have the are they telling me the truth phase like if you if you never wondered whether your kid was telling you the truth I, you should come teach this right because i we all go through phases of are they telling me the truth are they And in those, we want want it fixed. I want to do the eight steps. I want to do the five things. I want to read the two books and go to the four conferences to fix it. Well, maybe what God is trying to do is to draw the parent to trust him more. Maybe God's not just trying to do something in the kid's life. Maybe God's trying to do something in your life as the parent that you would trust god more that you would pursue god more that you would draw closer to god that your prayer life would go up i know that's a joke right i know it's a joke to say parenting increases our prayer life does it i mean i mean do we i know we say that i know we joke that i know i know we say i need to pray for my kid more do you Part of those difficult times, God's not trying to give you a formula. God's trying to draw you to himself, mom and dad. That you're supposed to be growing. That you're supposed to be trusting God more. The parenting, parenting should be a journey of faith and not a series of formulas. That's what I'm saying. This is a journey of faith. It's not finding the magic formula that fixes my kid it's, God, I need your wisdom. I've read the books. I went to the conferences. Some of it worked. Some of it's not working. God, I need to hear from you. I need to know what you want. I need my heart to be more sensitive to what you're doing. I need your mind. And, and so often as parents, we want the, the formula that will fix our child rather than the patient, enduring, daily work of us Drawing nearer to God as mom and dad. Of us being more faithful to God as mom and dad so that God can show us what he wants for us. Mom and dad, God's trying to mature your faith through this role of parenting. As much as he's trying to teach your kids something, as much as he's trying to help you raise a kid, he's trying to grow your faith. Draw you closer to him. Help you trust him. I'll say it this way. God's desire is to grow parents in their faith, not just use parents to train their kids. He's trying to do something to you. He's trying to grow your faith. And yes, a part of that, that archer analogy that Solomon used, you're preparing your child, you're parenting your child so that they will launch out into the world in the right direction, right trajectory, going toward the right targets. You have a role of parenting and correcting and teaching your child. But while that's happening, God's doing something in you. And as parents, we often want to bypass what God's doing in me and get him to fix our kid. What is the magic Bible verse I need? What is the magic step that I need to take to fix them? And maybe it's not an issue of fixing them. It's a season where God is trying to grow your faith as mom and dad. And that's not formulaic. That's not a one, two, three step. It's about mom and dad being serious about pursuing God, and being faithful to God and reading his word and really being in prayer, not just saying that I need to pray, really being in prayer. It's about finding a community, hopefully in your church, right? a community of people who are walking this path too and who will pray with you and who will love you and will not always say, well, you need to do these two things. Well, if that were my kid, like, you don't always need that, do you? Sometimes you need people who will say, we will pray with you. We will walk with you. Here's something that worked in our parenting. It may not apply to you, but we will journey with you, seeking God for your children. Look, at at, at our church, we're going to do our best to give you good advice, to point you in the right direction. Jennifer and and Ian, uh, they do parenting seminars throughout the year, and they bring in people to talk about technology and and anxiety that kids feel. We're going to try to give you the best advice that we can give you. We're going to give you the best suggestions that we can give you. But ultimately, the greatest thing we can do for you is point you to Jesus, encourage you to grow in your faith, encourage you to seek Him, and this will be a spiritual journey for you. Not just a shaping of your child, but a growth in you. Uh, I'm going to invite onto the stage one of the three people who were a faith-growing opportunity in my life. Uh, My middle child, uh, Lily, is going to join me. I've got some pictures just as she's coming. I've got some pictures of uh, little Lily. Lily. Oh, that was little Lily. Now, so cute. Little Lily uh, was a handful. She was. See, we, um, we thought our first child was wild until we had our second child. And then we learned, look at that little face, those little teeth and nose.
1: Kind of done dirty with the bowl cut, though. So,
0: right. yeah, she, she got on to her mom about that <sighs> last day. That scrunchy face right there, we saw that face all the time. Now, Lily was, was always active, busy. She was incredibly loud all the time. She laughed loud. She talked loud. Everything, she wore us out. (laughs) But she has, from the very beginning, been a gift of joy to us. Lily feels emotions, uh, expresses emotions freely. She is in the moment. Like she sucks up all the joy of whatever moment she has, in, she is in, and she's taught us to do that as well. She has um, been a good gift, not a gag gift, to <laughs> well, our family. And so um, her mother actually had this idea uh, that Lily and I would just take a, a moment, not holding our family up as better than anybody else's, but... But it's our family, and, and just kind of tell you some of what life was like in our family and what she experienced as a child in our family that might be helpful today. How are we doing? Thank you for the coffee. You're welcome. And my You're Mickey welcome. mug. I stole
1: it from the band, so you can thank them.
0: It was delicious. Yes, thank you. <laughs> just the way I like it. Um, So growing up, and and Lily was born in this area. Uh, We came to this general area in 1999, Conyers-Covington, and Lily was born at DeKalb Medical, what used to be known as DeKalb Medical. She was almost born on I-285 because she was in a hurry.
1: (laughs) I was ready to come.
0: We got to the hospital 45 minutes later, she was in the world. Yeah. So that was fun for her mom. That was fun. Yeah. You're welcome, wherever yeah. she is. Uh, Lil, what was growing up in our home like? What's yeah. the good, the bad, the ugly? The uh, What was life like for you as a kid?
1: Yeah, large question, but I'll try to answer it well. I think, yeah, there was so much fun in our household. We... Um, I guess I'll start with my sisters. Um, So I have an older and a younger, so I'm the middle, which just makes sense if you know me. Um, But I, I remember growing up and we weren't always the closest. Like there were these times where I would be so mad at them, or we'd be playing dress-up, and they weren't listening to me. I was just frustrated. And there were many years of, hey, you guys are friends. You guys are friends. And I was like, no, we're not. I don't want to, I don't like her. Um, so growing up, there was, there was always this, I think, overarching idea that, hey, we are a family unit, and we're for each other. And growing up, I didn't get that. Like, I was like, I what you would always say your sister or your friends. And I was like, they're really not though. They're just annoying. Like, I don't wanna be around them. Uh, But as we got older, it started to make sense. And so I think that there was this security in our family growing up. And I was thinking about it this morning, and I think the best way to put it is not that the rest of the world was against us, but coming home, it was like, I knew there was a unit of people at home that was for me. Mm -hmm. So the rest of that day, if I was out in the world and hard things had happened and bad things had happened, I could come home and know mom and dad are for me and my sisters are for me. So there was always this, I think, supportive environment, but it was also crazy because there were three of us and we would sing all the time and
0: it was the crazy. cry a lot. Yes, and it was crazy and <laughs> there
1: dramatic. There was a lot of dra- dramatic moments. So yes. So all the good and all the bad and Lily just being her dramatic loud self there was there was always some chaos
0: and it was important to us that the three of you loved one another cared yeah. for one and 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 you know our parenting of that was for the long term it's Yeah. Like we wanted yeah. Y- the three of you to have each other you know, even when we're gone,
1: which is which is there is, is a true. bond
0: yeah. between the three of you, and so yeah. the idea that your sisters are your best friends, and they are whenever you love our sisters. Anything
1: good or bad happens, my first phone call is usually Callie or Caroline.
0: Yeah, and Today. that wasn't accidental. Like yeah. we, we started that from uh, yeah. the very beginning. Um, the it, it wasn't always easy. If you if you parent three daughters, uh, <laughs> which Callie and Lily are fifteen months apart. And Lily and Caroline are three years three, apart, yeah. roughly, yeah, and so uh, all together, really close uh, teenage girls that that 's not always easy uh uh-uh. and mm-hmm. I would say with <laughs> each of you, we vacillated between seasons when when two were good and one was not good, or
1: absolutely
0: one was good and two were really struggling yeah there were there were um there were, I think, for each of you seasons of anxiety, absolutely uh, there were seasons, maybe not so much with you L- lily lily 's personality is if she 's done something wrong she 's just going to tell you it's like she has such <laughs> a guilty conscience,
1: eat me which up.
0: parents love guilty consciences, whether we should or not, but she was just going to come out with it. Her other two sisters are a little more secretive with those things, but you know, as I mentioned earlier, there were times where we wondered are, are we are we getting the truth? God, we don't know if we're getting the yeah. truth. You know, what's on the other side of that door? Um and so it wasn't always like a perfect yeah. environment. Yeah. We trusted the Lord. We we prayed. We yeah. we had a lot of conversations. That was something about us. We we talk about things.
1: Yeah, and I think that some points we have here, it would be easy to come up here and be like, it was great. Like you guys did everything perfect. And obviously fantastic parents. They were amazing. Still amazing. Um, but it would be unfair to not say, yeah, there were seasons. I'm not going to air their dirty laundry, but like there were seasons where all of us really struggled. And there were seasons where we struggled with y'all. I remember I was thinking about it this morning. I remember my senior year, there was this the first couple months, there was this tension between me and mom of like, I'm an adult and I can do what I want. And mom's like, whoa, 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 you're still under my roof. And so there were always these seasons of, yeah, like you said, one of us was good and the other was struggling. And so I think it's easy as 24, 23 and 21, which is what we all are now, to forget how hard middle school was and to forget how there were seasons of like, is she lying? Is she telling the truth? Like, what's going on? Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I think it's, yeah, yeah. There were just there were just difficult seasons. Um, that and I, we think, would... I think
0: for parents here this morning, recognizing that maybe some of the things you're experiencing, they're not that unusual. Yeah. They're not yeah. that. It's the first time you've walked through it with a child or the second child or the third child or whatever, that, that not knowing that... Um, we're working without a net here and it's a really long fall. I mean, that's part of the pressure, especially when your kids get into the teenage years is because you know bad decisions, the the consequences just steadily rise the older they get. Like at two, the consequences of disobedience or making a bad decision is not that great. At 17, you realize There's a lot of choices they could make that could really impact their future. And so you feel that pressure. We all feel that pressure. We felt that pressure with our girls.
1: Yeah, and I think kind of going on the other thing, something you talked about this morning that I really wanted to hit on was there's so many people who have asked me, and I think it's different because we grew up preacher's kids. Like I've never known a time when I wasn't in the church, um, it's just what we did. We were there every Sunday, every Wednesday, every day something happened. And so there have been people who have been like, well, why don't, why Why are you still here? Because there's so many, I think there's so many kids who grow up in the church and then want nothing to do with it when they're older. And I think that the grace of God can't be understated. Right. Um, right. And at the end of the day, you, you, parents can do everything correctly, but the Lord is in control. Um, and so I don't know why the Lord chose to save me. I don't know why the Lord chose to forgive me and and lead me in his way. But I think something that was so important was you and mom talked about these biblical things, but then you lived it out. So it wasn't like, hey, don't lie. But then I watched you lie. And it wasn't like, hey, in this family, this is the way we talk. But then I watched you go talk another way. It wasn't, I think, I think our, kids, which Ian and I work with youth, and it's our favorite thing ever, and we're with them every week, and they're so smart, like, sometimes they tell me things, and I'm like, I think you're smarter than me, but I'm not gonna tell you, Um, and they know, like, they know when we say one thing and live another way, Um, and I think the biggest, I think had you and mom said, don't do this, do this, and then lived another way, I would have been like, well, if you don't believe it enough to live it out, why would I do it? Like, you're the person I trust the most in my life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I then, think that was just a huge thing, and a huge thing. In,
0: yeah, and I, th- yeah. I think church and, and and routine was very much a part of our family. But, I mean, we didn't go home and have, like, two-hour Bible study every night either. <laughs> no, we didn't do
1: right? that either. I
0: mean, we didn't all yeah. sit down and, and do a Bible study for two hours every day. It, no. it was more part of our everyday conversations. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, we we did pray with you as you were little and as you were coming up. You know, we 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 did some kids devotions and we yeah. did some scripture. You know, we did some of that along the way. Yeah. But but it was never you're the preacher's kid and you've yeah. got to know all we're of this stuff. Memorize
1: Leviticus right now. It
0: was we 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: It, but I. Re-
0: it was we love the Lord and yes. we want you to love the Lord.
1: Yes. Yes. And I went to a listening to a sermon months and months and months ago, and he was... By me? (laughs) Yeah. Oh. (laughs)
0: Um,
1: I I only listened to him, but it was a rare occasion that it was another person, (laughs) and he was talking about parenting, and he was talking about being loud with your faith, and He he wasn't talking about parents being like, you need to love the Lord, like being so loud. He was like, be loud in your actions. And I think that's something, actually all three of us would say, is we remember mom, and I don't ever think she did this intentionally to be like, look how good I am. But mom would read her Bible every morning and she would leave it on the kitchen table. It lived on the kitchen table. It still lives on the, it's every time I come home, it's still on the kitchen table. And it was, it was never it was never this like loud, outspoken, like thing, but she always left it out and I always saw her reading it. Mm-hmm. And and that that was enough to be like, oh, she believes this. Mm-hmm. She's not just telling me. Yeah. She believes this and she's implementing it every day.
0: Yeah, and, and you know, we questioned ourselves a lot and and we would in front of our kids, you know, we were, we were very um, confident and sure, and, and we were on the same side, but then we would close the door to our room and go, what are we going to do? <laughs> uh, same thing when they would share news that, you know, concerned us. You know, I, I'm a big believer that as a parent, you have to be a, unshockable. Because (laughs) they know if if you're going to react, then either they're going to use that against you at some point. uh, Because they're just going to keep trying to shock you. Uh, Or they're going to realize dad's not a safe place to share this with. Mm. Because he's going to overreact and we're not going to be able to talk about it. And so we tried in front of our girls to be unshockable. But then going back to last week and just how important your relationship to your spouse is us being able to retreat and say okay we need to talk about how, how what do we do how do we handle this how do we stay on the same page
1: yeah i think i think that's another thing i've been thinking about too is i i knew and and maybe some of it is just like you said my honest spirit and the way that when i do anything wrong i just feel like i have to confess it but um I knew that if I came to you and mom was something, you would tell me and I didn't have to go to Google. And I think that was huge. Sure. Because I, I think because I knew if I can come to you and ask this or tell you this and you're going to be honest with me and we're going to have a good conversation about what this is. And I mean, honestly, I didn't know what anything was. Like I was so... Sheltered is a negative term, but I really was just living in my own ditzy world. Like, I was just like, I don't know what. so someone would say something at school and I'd be like, ha ha, yeah. And I come home, I'd be like, what's that? Like, I don't know what that is. And, but I think that I knew I could come to y'all and you wouldn't laugh at me and say whatever. You'd give me an honest answer. And I think that protected me from so much of what I could have found on Google or the internet or friends who were bad influences um, because I knew you would tell me the honest answer, and I didn't have to go to all these other mediums right. for answers
0: yeah and and so often as parents, we misperceive our children we feel pressure because we see our children as a reflection of us like there's some truth to that, but sometimes we are so insecure that we project our identity on whether our kids behave or not or whether, whether they like church or not. And uh, we have to walk with God, trusting God, and realize he's, he's using this relationship and um, it, it, it's not 100% on me to do this. God is at mm. work. And, yep. and we, we look at our kids and take very little credit for how they <laughs> turned out because God is gracious and fills in the gaps. Yeah. For, and, and we're just thankful that God has done that for us. And as you walk with him and as you trust him and as you seek him, he will do that in your life as well. And, mm. and uh, our parenting was, was not worry-free. It was not pain-free. But God is faithful, and God will be faithful. Uh, Lily, before the band comes back, I'd like for you to pray uh, over our people. Lily's not a parent, um, but I want you to pray specifically over the parents who are here today.
1: Yeah, great. Would you pray with me? Lord, thank you for um, the parents in this audience, the parents in our church, Lord, the way that they love their kids, Lord. I am um, not a parent, but it is encouraging as someone who wants to be a parent one day, watching um, the way the people in our church love you, the way they raise their kids to love you, um, and know you, Lord. I pray, I pray for their kids because um, seasons are hard. Um, middle school is hard. Elementary school is hard. High school is hard. Um, and, and they're going through things, Lord. And, and it is difficult, and so I just pray you'll be with our students' hearts, with their minds, Lord, in a world that is asking them and crying out to them um, to be what they want it to be, Lord. I pray that they'll just cling to you, Jesus. I pray you'll be with these parents. I pray, Lord, um, that, that failure and um, disappointment in their parenting will not ever be something that they put on themselves, um, that will never enter their vocabulary, Lord. You, You don't call us failures, Lord. Um, Lord, I pray that you will give these parents words to speak over their children. I pray that you'll heal relationships that have been broken. I pray, Lord, for the parents that are in the middle of um, what is going on, we don't know what to do, that you will remind them, Lord, that you know what to do. Um, And you'll remind them, Lord, that every season is not easy. Um, Would you just be with their hearts and minds today, Lord. And we just just praise you for them. and, And we praise you that our church is made up of some really wonderful parents who love their kids, Lord. Amen.